Hey everybody, this is Viktor Kovalenko from the United States. I am a former Ukrainian journalist and a military veteran. This is my podcast about Ukraine and in particular about the ongoing Russian war against this young European country. Today I would like to tell you the story of the tiny rock in the Black Sea, which is called Snake Island. It belongs to Ukraine, but on February 24th, 2022, Ukraine lost control over it because Russia launched a full-scale war. On the cold day of February 24th, the Ukrainian border guard soldier Roman Grybov was on the remote Snake Island continuing his service with the small platoon of 13 border guards. In the early morning it was his shift and the alarm went off to Russian naval warships, the large missile cruiser Moskva and the patrol boat Vasily Bykov approached the island. On the radio the Russians demanded from the Ukrainian garrison to surrender. The exchange, which took place in Russian, has been translated as Snake Island, I Russian warship, repeat the offer, put down your arms and surrender, or you will be bombed. Have you understood me? Do you copy? That's it then, said a fellow Ukrainian soldier to Roman Grybov. Or do we need to tell them back off? he asked. And Grybov replied, we might. Ukrainian soldiers on the island were like sitting ducks and could be killed by the Russians out of hand. But Ukrainians refused to surrender. Listening to the radio ultimatums, Roman Grybov decided to respond in a way that Russians would understand his message. Using the Russian language, he said an offensive phrase with an F word, telling the Russian ship to get lost. Such an offensive response was a defiant one. But what do you want? Russia launched the war on that day, so such defiance was justified. When shared by the media, this phrase boosted the morale of the entire Ukrainian society and became a symbol of resistance. During the first days of the war, Ukraine urgently needed some sort of encouragement, some sort of a brave signal that the country could fight, can stop and even can defeat the Russian armed forces that the Moscow propaganda portrayed as invincible. The Ukrainian Postal Service even issued a stamp depicting the Ukrainian soldier showing the middle finger to the Russian ship Moskva. On February 24th, the Russian forces landed on Snake Island and captured Roman Grybov with his entire platoon. Russians also seized the Ukrainian boat Sapphir, which rushed to the rescue. Then the Russians installed their military equipment on the island, establishing radio surveillance over the south Ukrainian coast and the Transnistria pro-Russian enclave. The anti-aircraft systems installed also blocked Ukrainian combat aviation from the southwestern part of the Black Sea. This tiny rock, called Snake Island, has strategic importance in the Black Sea. In the 20th century the island belonged to Romania. Then, at the end of the Second World War, it was captured by the Soviet Union. 
Ukraine automatically inherited the Snake Island in 1991 as a result of the collapse of the Soviet Union. But all the time Romania didn't abandon attempts to return the island. In 1997 Romania and Ukraine signed a treaty in which both states reaffirmed the existing border. But anyways, Romania sued Ukraine in the International Court of Justice. Bucharest wanted to define the maritime border. Their point was that Snake Island is just a rock without a population, so the Ukrainian maritime borders should not include it. Ukraine quickly established a small settlement claiming the territorial waters around, and in 2009 the International Court left Snake Island with Ukraine. However, Romania was satisfied too. The court granted them almost 80% of the disputed maritime territory. Interestingly, that the Russian Empire also controlled Snake Island for a short time in the 19th century, following the Second Russo-Turkish War. The island was a part of the Russian Empire for 27 years, until the Ottoman Empire, present Turkey, captured it and transferred to Romania. During the Second World War, the Soviet Navy attempted to occupy Snake Island again, but lost several warships and submarines, which were struck by the Romanian mines. For example, in 1942 the Soviets sent their cruiser Voroshilov to bombard the island, but it was hit by a mine and was badly damaged. At the beginning of 2022, it looked like the Russian Navy is too powerful in the Black Sea. But similarly, like during World War II, this time the Russians lost their cruiser near Snake Island. On April 13, Ukraine hit the mighty Russian Navy flagship Moskva with two rockets. Remarkably, Ukrainians used not the Western anti-ship missiles, which they didn't receive at that moment yet, but the Ukraine-made anti-ship rockets called Neptune. Strangely, the missile defense on the Moskva, which the Russians claimed protected the vessel, failed miserably. The cruiser got hit, disabled, burned for two days, and finally sank, taking about 500 Russian sailors to the bottom of the Black Sea. Only 58 men were rescued from the Moskva, according to Ukrainian estimates. Russia refuses to admit those losses. The sinking of the Moskva was one of the first major military victories of Ukraine over Russia. The Russian ship got lost, as the defiant Ukrainian soldier Roman Grybov wished it on the radio at the beginning of the war. You are listening to the podcast about the Russian war against Ukraine. My name is Viktor Kovalenko, and today I'm telling you the story of the Ukrainian Snake Island in the Black Sea. Initially, the Ukrainian government believed that all 13 members of the Snake Island garrison died in the attack. And President Vladimir Zelensky posthumously awarded all of them the highest award hero of Ukraine. But in a couple of days, Kyiv said that they believed that those guardsmen may be still alive. 
The unverified or contradictory news coming from the war is a usual thing, as well as their later correction. In March, Ukraine and Russia conducted a prisoner exchange that freed the Ukrainian sailors from Snake Island, which included the famous Roman Gribov and the crew of the rescue boat Subfir. The boat was later returned as well. During the months of occupation, the Ukrainians continued various missile strikes to disrupt the Russian activities on Snake Island. One of the most known episodes is how the Ukrainian attack drone TB-2 Bayraktar destroyed several Russian landing boats. In the radio intercept, you can hear how a Russian soldier on one of the boats was panicking requesting air support. On the last day of June, the Russian forces left Snake Island, ending four months of occupation. For the evacuation mission they used two speedboats but lost a helicopter. The Russian withdrawal was a result of the Ukrainian offensive operation, when the Ukrainian heavy artillery, withdrawn and aviation support, shelled the island for several days and destroyed the radar, anti-aircraft systems and barracks. There was no place for the Russian troops to hide from bombs on the island, and there was no equipment left to operate. However, Moscow claimed that this retreat was a goodwill gesture. Yeah, right. That was one more defeat after they retreated from the areas around the Ukrainian capital Kyiv, the Kyiv province, and northeastern Chernigiv and Sumy provinces. At the end of this episode, I'd like to remind you of an interesting statement made by Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky exactly six months before the war, when he visited Snake Island to look at the military drills there. Zelensky said that this island, as any other Ukrainian island or territory, is Ukrainian soil, so they will defend it with all its capabilities. At this point, I am wrapping up this episode of my podcast about Snake Island. My name is Viktor Kovalenko. I am a former Ukrainian journalist and veteran. Please support my podcast by donating to my PayPal so I could continue to decode the Ukraine war and produce more episodes. Also, please follow me on Twitter for updates and discussions. I say goodbye and so long.